All right, so welcome to the Palm Beach North Podcast, brought to you by the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. My name is Noel Martinez, and we are so excited to have the Palm Beach County School District Superintendent of Schools, Mr. Mike Burke, with us here today. Mike has been serving the South Florida Education Community for over 30 years. The last 20 plus years, he's been with us here in Palm Beach County. We're so fortunate to have him. Mr. Burke runs an A-rated school district. It's the 10th largest school district in all of the country. Um, He's got 189,000 students and they are the largest employer in Palm Beach County, which I think is super important to know. So Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, 30 plus years. Did you really think when you started this 30 years ago that you'd be doing it 30 years later? No, I did not. But it's, it's kind of flown by and I've enjoyed it. So you grew up in South Florida. Um, if I read your bio correctly, you started in Broward County. You were with the Broward County School District for a little bit. Did you grow up down here? Were you Correct. born here? I grew up in Pompano Beach, Florida, Okay, which is Broward County. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to FSU, came back home, uh, actually found the job in the newspaper in the classified section, which is kind of old school. <laughs> but there was an entry-level budget analyst job at Broward County Schools. And uh, I applied and I got the job. And I wasn't sure what to make of it. You know, I thought, well, I'll try this for a couple of years. And then I kind of fell in love with it. Like I got a chance to work with good people. And uh, there was some opportunity to kind of move up through the ranks. And I've just kind of stuck with it. Did you ever teach at all? Or were you always in administration or what? Always administration. Always worked in the central office. Okay. Uh, I've only taught as of late. When I became superintendent, I did like a, a couple of substitute stints. Okay. Uh, I used to teach a budget class a long time ago just for, <laughs> for other well, you're numbers employees. guys. So yeah, you're a numbers but, guy. Uh, no, I kind of have an untraditional background in terms of superintendents. Okay. All right. So now you live here in Palm Beach North. So I, I know I, I brag about it all the time. The superintendent of schools lives in Palm Beach North. So I tell all my other chamber friends that he's ours, right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. You love it's it? It's the uh, best place under the sun, right? North Palm Beach. Did, did you say that all the time or did you say that in every different municipality or no, what? No, you know, I've moved to North Palm Beach. Uh, it's been about five years and uh, I'm not moving anyplace else. I really, yeah, really like yeah. it here. So what do you do in your, like when you're not working, when you're not like putting out fires at the school district, what do you do uh, for fun? You know, I have a, uh, a boat, like a 25 foot blue water and I am out and about on the water as much as possible on the weekends. Yeah, I knew that about you. So- yeah. So talk to me about your journey to become the superintendent of schools in Palm Beach County. I know, again, it's been over 30 plus years. How did that happen? Can you talk to me about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, my first goal was just to kind of move up within the budget department where I started. And uh, when I came to Palm Beach County, I was a budget manager. I had the chance to move up to budget director. A few years after that, I was able to get promoted to chief financial officer. And um, I was always kind of willing to take on more responsibility and then we went through some lean times during the Great Recession, and uh, our executive cabinet team got really small, and the superintendent at the time said, hey, Mike, would you be chief operating officer and chief financial officer and also chief negotiator? <laughs> so <laughs> I got three jobs, and I did that for about four years, and it was, it was tough. Like I felt like I was stretched thin, but it was really a great opportunity to kind of learn the entire operation side of the house, like everything non-academic. I've overseen, you know, from purchasing to risk and benefits management, you know, accounting, budget, treasury, finance, operations, you know, transportation, food service, maintenance, school police. So I had all those type of things I had worked with. Um, 
And, you know, I really feel like that was what prepared me the most for becoming superintendent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I say all the time, like if you really want to get to know the business, because at the end of the day, we run businesses, right? right? And if you really want to get to know the business, you got to know the financials. And that kind of gives you the roadmap on how to run, run the organization. I think that's why you've been so successful as superintendent, because you know it's, the numbers. It's really helped. And then I was fortunate. I worked for a superintendent years ago that was really cool about bringing me into the conversation. Let me sit with the academic leaders, uh, because he kind of had the foresight. He knew whatever program proposal they came up with at some point, I was going to have to price it out and see how we would pay for it. So he, uh, I really, it was Dr. Johnson, uh, but he, I really give him credit for including me and not just keeping me in a corner as like the number cruncher money guy. Yep. And that, you know, that coupled with having to, you know, put together the contracts and bring the agenda items to the school board, all that I think gave me a lot of experience in terms of the day-to-day, -day, what it takes to run a $5 billion organization. And then what I've tried to do as superintendent, knowing that, you know, I haven't been a principal, haven't been a teacher. I've tried to surround myself that have, that are truly lifelong educators that have all that experience. I do not. And then I think we complement each other well. So let, let's talk about, you know, school starts this week. We're Thursday. back to school on Thursday. I'm sure you're running around town doing all kinds of these interviews. Um, What's new? Like, what can we expect uh, this school year? What, what, what should our parents and students know? There's, uh, well, for, for a couple of pockets of the community, we have brand new, two brand new schools. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got our first new high school in Palm Beach County in about 19 years. It's Dr. Wilkin Garcia High School, state-of-the-art facility. I just left there. We did a tour earlier with the media. It is stunning. It's, it's state-of-the-art. It's beautiful. Uh, it's got all the latest technology. It's got a, a Carolina blue artificial turf football field. It's got the first sand volleyball court in Palm Beach County schools. Oh, wow. That's great. That's yeah, a big that's, thing now. That sport's picking up. Yeah. We're going to have to install more of those. Uh, so beautiful new high school, also a beautiful middle school, West Boynton middle school. And so those schools will be opening. They're, they're ready to go. And then for, you know, the, our other 180 schools, we're going into year two of our strategic plan, which we are really purposeful around our mission to educate, affirm and inspire each student equibedded school system. And so we've got initiatives to support that. And one of the things I'm excited about is we're going to do more what we call now is community experiences. Back in my day, it was called field trips. <laughs> but we want to get our kids out and about in Palm Beach County to take advantage of like the cultural opportunities, uh, the science, the, the career. And so we've, we've made arrangements for next year. Every fifth grader will be heading to the Kravis Center for a performance. That's awesome. So we got a great partnership with the Kravis. They're helping to make that possible financially. School board's also annied up some money. Uh, great partnership with the Norton Museum. But we're going to have every fifth grader going to the Kravis, and then every seventh and every tenth grader are going to have different types of community experiences, whether it be career-oriented or cultural or, you know, science. It could be heading up to Loggerhead Mu uh, Marine Institute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, up by know, us up in North County. Yeah, we got Bush Wildlife Center. Yep, which know, is down. amazing. They've got a whole new expansion. They've got a new location. I don't know if you've been to it yet, yeah. but or had like a little sneak peek, but it's amazing. Yeah, so what um, what I'm excited about, and I've gotten some feedback from our students. We have, a, for the first time ever, I have a superintendent student advisory committee. And uh, they actually, I was thinking along these lines already, but they reinforced it. We were in talking to them. They said, you know, we miss like getting out and doing things like this. And our teachers are so adept at, when it's done right, they can teach the standards, you know, for two weeks and then punctuate it and really accent the learning with this hands-on experience. So, you know, for example, I had a chance to join some kids from Constant Middle School to go plant mangroves in the Lake Worth Lagoon. And the, the teacher, Miss X, Miss Eck, was a, is a science teacher. 
And, uh, you know, by the time the kids got ready to plant the mangroves, they knew all about the whole project, the ecosystem, you know, how that supports and cleans our waterway and mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So, so, so you're going to see more of that next year. So tell me a little bit more about that, stu that student advisory committee. Like, so that, that's made up of students in all grade levels. Is it high school? It's, students? Uh, it's high school kids from grades, uh, from sophomore to senior. Okay. We were kind of deliberate in that, but when we meet with this, the, the young people, we say, Hey, like opine on your whole experience K through 12. And we sometimes we'll ask questions like, Hey, have you had a younger brother or you know, a cousin or you know, a younger sister? What would you like to see for them? You know, how could we make the experience better? And kids are impressive. You know, they're very thoughtful and articulate and they uh, are a wealth of feedback. And they, they'll tell you exactly how they, they feel. <laughs> yeah. And so we've had, you know, fun conversations about, you know, Hey, how can we do more in the way of field trips, what have you, but we've also brought them some heavier issues like vaping is an epidemic and, and uh, we're trying you know, to curb vaping. I don't think kids understand the dangers of that. So, you know, we bounce that off the students and uh, they kind of confirmed, yeah, it's an issue. You know, kids think it's cool to vape. And they said, you know, superintendent, you probably, you know, it's one thing if you tell them to stop vaping, you might want to get somebody who's a little more relevant and younger yeah. <laughs> that you relate to, you know, that might be able to carry a stronger message. Oh, yeah. So, you know, just good feedback like that. So there are a lot, there's a lot of craziness going on right now with education in our state. So can you give us kind of, you know, a sense of what the current state of education is in Palm Beach County? Absolutely. Well, you know, education has, you know, made its way to like the political battlegrounds. And uh, for me, it's an unwelcome experience. I kind of liked it better when we were <laughs> left out of some of these things. But there's been like no shortage of new legislation that's laid some additional requirements on what we're, you know, how we teach and how we run our schools. And I really want to give our school board credit. Like we've been very thoughtful to when these, when these new laws and new state board of education rules are passed, we try to make first that we truly understand the letter of the law. Cause I've seen some like knee jerk reactions where districts are quick to just kind of take an extreme response. You know, we had a couple of years ago, some restrictions on, on books. Uh, there was districts around the state that started boxing up all the books. We said, no, we're not going to do that. And so we actually sorted through and inventoried 2.5 million books. And now with like one of these laws, we have to publish online all the books that are in a, a school media center or in even in the individual teacher classroom, what they call classroom libraries. So we did that. We did the inventory. At the end of the day, we just had a handful of books that we had to maybe limit access by age. We had a couple we found that were truly just inappropriate. We got rid of, but we have not banned books. And uh, we've been really fortunate in that regard. And that's kind of been our approach to all this stuff. Like, you know, let's, let's make sure we understand it. And then, you know, our mission is to educate, affirm, and inspire. Um, some of this legislation has had a real chilling effect on some of the groups of students we serve, you know. And uh, we want to make sure that we are living up to our mission to affirm all our students, make sure they feel safe, welcome, and supported on our campuses. Um, the board and I are all constitutional officers, so we really don't have a choice but to abide by the law. But I've found that you can go about it in kind of an understanding, thoughtful way to really try to make people understand that, you know, we're not trying to chase anybody off from our campuses. We want everyone there and we're going to support them to the best of our ability. Can we talk a little bit about school vouchers? I, I think yes. a lot of people might not know what's going on or what are school vouchers. So can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how it's going to affect our schools, our public schools? It's, it's huge. It's a game changer. Um, you know, Florida 
is on the cutting edge of really these uh, the, you know scholarships or what I refer to as voucher programs. This past legislative session, House Bill 1 was passed, which provides for universal vouchers regardless of income level. So this voucher is basically available to any family to send their student to private school. Um, the private schools have to agree to be part of the program, and there's quite a few out there, and you're seeing that list grow. Um, so that has a couple impacts potentially on our school district. First, we want to hang on to our students. We feel like we're their best choice, so we're doing more in the line of marketing and kind of rem- reminding people, look, when you come to a Palm Beach County public school, we have like a vast array of services. We've got athletics, you know, clubs, extracurricular activities. We have beautiful facilities. We've got the resources really to, to serve the, the community. Um, the downside of the vouchers, you know, we've been pretty fortunate so far. Our enrollment's been stable. We haven't seen a, a mass exodus, a max, mass exodus of students. Um, we're hoping that doesn't change, but I suspect with this, this new uh, voucher law that you're going to see more private schools probably jump into the market. And uh, so that's why we're just trying to work hard to remind people, you know, what we have some great schools available for them. And that uh, we're also kind of ramping up our customer service. You know, we're doing more to register and just basically also just communicate and market our schools. Well, we, I mean, will we know immediately what kind of impact that's going to have on us? Is that something that, well, will we know within the first couple of weeks how many kids are actually going to private school or doesn't work that way? Well, we do an 11-day count every year, and that's kind of our first snapshot to see how we're doing with enrollment. Um, but I think the true impact will not be known for several years. You know, charter schools were in, came on the scene over 20 years ago, and it started out relatively small. And we, we had a handful, half a dozen charter schools in Palm Beach County for many years. And now it's grown to about 50 charter schools and about 11% of our population. Um, the vouchers will grow faster. I think it, we've already seen some exponential growth just with the, even with the vouchers that were somewhat limited because of income thresholds. But uh, yeah, I think to your question, no, it's going to take a while to see how the community reacts. Right now, there's a mad rush for families that are already sitting in private schools trying to take advantage of the voucher. And that that's the state. I understand the organization at the state level, the step up for students is, is crushed trying to keep up with all these requests. And um, again, I think it's going to take a while as we see more private schools enter our community or maybe existing private schools try to expand their campuses. So yeah, we'll watch it. Largest employer in Palm Beach County, right? Yep. So you are, definitely facing the same challenges that most businesses are, that all businesses are, right? What, um, how are you doing with, with staffing? Are, are, do we have enough teachers? Do we have enough paraprofessionals? Do we have enough school bus drivers? Cause I know that's kind of an issue. I feel like we've had that issue the last couple of years. I would, when anybody asks me, what's my biggest challenge or what, you know, keeps me up at night, the ability to fill all of our positions for the next several years, that's definitely at the top of the list. Uh, We've been very proactive. We've been trying some new approaches to recruitment and retention. Uh, For example, with teachers are very hard to find. Fewer young people are choosing the profession. So, you know, we have improved the the salary and the compensation, but we're also recruiting in new places. Uh, This year, we're going to welcome 150 teachers from overseas. So we have about 50 coming from Spain. We have teachers coming from the Caribbean. And uh, we partnered actually with this outside vendor that helps us recruit overseas. And it's been really successful. Last year, we had about 50 teachers through this program. And the feedback I got from our principals and parents was excellent. They were great teachers. So we, we ramped up on that a little bit. 
we're recruiting now, uh, you know, on all the social media platforms and LinkedIn, all that good stuff. Yeah, I see, I we, see it everywhere. Uh, you know, we're going to Puerto Rico. We're going to universities and colleges and historically black colleges and universities. And then also we're looking for people that maybe didn't set out to be a teacher. You know, maybe it's a second career choice, mm -hmm. but we can help them through that process, you know, to, to get a temporary certificate and then work towards a permanent certificate. And then the other thing I guess I'm probably most excited about is I think Palm Beach County has its own unique set of challenges just because the cost of living, you know, it's going through the roof uh, and housing has become so, so expensive. So we're also trying to really focus on people that have already somehow found a way to live here. <laughs> and some of them are within our workforce. We've got a, a, over 1,000 employees that have a two-year college degree. And I'm working with FAU and Nova Southeastern University to see if we can to create a program basically that helps somebody with a two-year degree get to that four-year degree and try to move some of the hurdles and obstacles and let them work and get paid while they're going through school. And so that's a way to kind of what we call grow our own. And then also we're reaching into our high schools. We have some teacher academies when some they're one of our choice programs in some of our high schools. And we're, we've, we're you know, identifying young kids in this program that would commit to coming back to us in four years to be a teacher. So that's just, just some of the ways, but it is a real challenge. Uh, bus drivers are really tough to find. Uh, we've increased our pay now, starting pay at $20 an hour. We've well, how does that compare to like Dade, Broward County? It's ahead of Dade in Broward County, isn't it? When we went to twenty dollars, we were ahead. I think they've caught up with us because okay. everyone is scrambling. But we've added a few new things to entice people even more. We have a five thousand dollars signing bonus. So if a bus driver has their CDL license with the endorsement to drive a bus, we can we can give them a five thousand dollars bonus. If if we need to train them, we will pay them to go through training, and we'll still we can still offer twenty five hundred dollars signing bonus. So. We've been marking that heavily over the summer. We've been doing lots of job fairs. We've been going out to the community churches and uh, it's working. We're, we're finding more and more people interested to join our team. So we touched on it a little bit and, um, you know, I might be asking this question. Well, I don't think I, I don't think I, I asked this, but, you know, what are like your key goals for this upcoming year coming up? The, well, we're going to the year two of our strategic plan. Strategic plan. So we, we've got kind of a, a slate of initiatives, but my key goals, number one is we have new state standards, the best standards. We have a whole new state accountability system, which they call the fast testing, or you may have heard it as progress monitoring, where we, we test our students now three times a year, you know, basically start of the school year, middle of school year, and, and the end. The end is the one that really counts accountability with school grades and the teachers evaluation and all that and anytime there's a change in the standards and the testing there's somewhat of a learning curve um, you know and now we've had one year of experience on our belt with this new format so we're really going to dig into what we call being a data-driven school district so that we're really closely monitoring our students you know doing taking advantage of these progress monitoring tests to really cater to teaching to the individual needs of the student, make sure they have the best outcome by the end of the school year. So that I would say is probably our primary area of focus. And then a couple other things on top of that, uh, coming as the former CFO and knowing that really market share is probably one of our most important measures. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, so much so I've included that as part of uh, the KPIs that'll be part of my evaluation. We're measuring our market share. So if the students in Palm Beach County, how many are in a district operated school? And if you look back over like the last decade, you'll see we, we slipped about 5%. And uh, 
When I first started this, we were 82% of the market share. This past school year, we, we've increased the percent to 83. And now I'm going to try to continue to build on that market share. And it's going to be tough because now we've, we're competing against these new vouchers. Yep. Uh, but I think just having that mindset, you know, if a school district has stable enrollment or you're growing, there's a lot of benefit financially. Uh, you know, the, the revenue follows the student. You know, you can kind of contain your fixed costs somewhat and accommodate more students. When you have the reverse of that and you start experiencing declining enrollment, it can be really a financial hardship because you're losing revenue every time you lose a student. And, you know, if you're still running 182 schools, you've got the fixed costs with all those schools. So, you know, if it gets bad enough, that's when you see districts that have to start thinking about closing schools and all of that. So we're trying to avoid that. And I feel like the way we do that is, again, through the, the marketing and communication, but also customer service. So we have a big initiative within the school district right now called Catch the Wave. And that customer service, this is something we're going to be focusing on. Uh, it's really, you know, how do we just meet the community where they are and make it easy for them? Uh, this year, when we registered kindergartens for the first time, we rolled out online registration so people could do it via smartphone. And we're going to build on things like that. And, you know, how can the district office better support our schools? And then, you know, how can our schools make sure that when families show up at their doorstep, that they're welcome? You know, if they want to tour the school, let's, let's give them a tour of the school. And uh, so we're going to see more initiatives like that. So you touched on innovation, right, with the whole mm -hmm. cell phone and, and being able to do things on your phone. And our district has, I, our school district, I feel, has always been extremely innovative, right? Esports is a great example of that, right? It's yes. something different. Um, that really sets us apart. I mean, students are doing some amazing things. They're winning competitions. They're getting scholarships. So in a continually evolving landscape, like what are we doing? What are the Palm Beach County, what is the Palm Beach County School District doing to stay ahead of that curve? Well, esports, you know, I was a skeptic years ago when I first heard about esports. I thought, you know, I'm not sure about this. Because so, we, you know, you're kind of worried about kids getting enough exercise. I thought I didn't want to maybe make it too easy for kids not to be out and about, but I've totally changed my tune on esports. Uh, I had the chance to hang out at Palm Beach Lakes High School, probably has our, our most robust esports program in the county, uh, and they've generated a lot of outside grant funding to support it. But it's an amazing program. Uh, the kids are beating down the door to get into those classes, and then they have you know competition. Is that and it's only one school. That, that has this program? Well, the, our brand new middle school, the West Point Middle School is also going to have esports. There's there's pockets pockets of it throughout the county, okay. but it's really something that's growing. And beyond the esports, you know, the video games, that's like one aspect. And the kids enjoy the competition, mm -hmm. and the camaraderie, and they're forming teams and all that, which is cool. Uh, but beyond that, it's a great way to get kids interested in STEM careers because they quickly move from just playing the game to understanding the game. How could I make my own game? They start learning about coding and the math that's behind all of this. And so I've been really impressed with that. So we are supporting those programs. Like I said, the new middle school's gonna have an awesome setup. There's a lot of equipment costs that go with that. So the grant funding has been instrumental because uh, they're buying like very powerful computers. Oh, I can only imagine, know. yeah. So esports is, is one way for innovation. Our new high school has got a uh, business, global business studies, also has IT with an artificial intelligence um, aspect of that. And so we've been working to try to, for the first time ever, really bring artificial intelligence into our curriculum in our new high school. And then, you know, something Palm Beach has always been proud of, we have over 300 career and choice academies. And those really, um, you know, from STEM careers to 
everything, you know, including medical backgrounds. Um, we've got IT, we have cybersecurity, we've got construction, all the trades, we have aeronautical, we've got a whole host of those programs. And uh, one of the things I'm really pushing this year is the, the, the most impressive programs for me are the ones that are matched with a, with a business partner. So for years, we had like the White's Construction Academy at Seminole Ridge. And that partnership, we've, we've got pockets of that. We have a lot of great partners out there. Jupiter Medical Center works with Jupiter High. Um, but what my goal is to try to, for every kind of high school level, you know, career technical education program, choice program, if we could match them with a business partner, I think it would be great. You and I have had that conversation for a long time because, you know, education is so important to the business community for a lot of different reasons. Future workforce, any CEO that's moving into the into the community, the first thing they're gonna ask you is how are your schools? Right. Right. Where's my team? Where are my where are my managers? Where are they gonna put, you know, their kids in schools? So education's something that has been very important to um, us at the Palm Beach North Chamber. And you and I have had discussions about what can we do, Mike? What can I do to help? You know, we really the business community really wants to get behind the school district and help and you bring that up every time, business partnerships. Yeah, I mean, the Palm Beach North Chamber, first, thank you. You have been very supportive, uh, and you're kind of our link to that business community. Um, and we've had some great success. I just, uh, I had the benefit of going on a trip to to Nashville as, as part of the Economic Council, and they were studying Nashville because Nashville is also a fast-growing city, very vibrant. Yeah, was there with kind of, you? We went through right. yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was a good time. But uh, the one thing from the education forefront, I felt like Palm Beach County was ahead of the game, you know, in 100%. some cases like years ahead of Nashville. I think they learned more from us than we learned from them. I hate to say I, that like that. I think like you're that. right. I don't, I didn't want to brag too much, but yeah. <laughs> so on, on that front, I felt like, okay, good. We're, we're, we're doing things right in Palm Beach County. But the one thing I was a little envious of was they had such a wide array of industry that they had met that kind of target to where they had kind of a robust list of business partners in, in every school. And ours is, is getting stronger every day, but I'm, I'm still trying to get to that level where I could say every program basically has that partner because for these programs to be successful and for us to develop that future workforce, they've got to stay on the cutting edge. And it's, it's hard for, I mean, our teachers do an amazing job, but if we could have, you know, outside industry experts, like when you think of cybersecurity, you know, the people that really know the ins and outs of that and our experts can command pretty huge salaries, well beyond a, probably a traditional teacher salary. Oh, yeah. So I like, I like to see situations where maybe once a week we have an industry expert come in and push in and join our, our classroom teacher and just kind of, you know, share the latest and greatest. What about taking those teachers out? Like doing like an externship? Externships are, are great as well. And we've, we've been able to do that, you know, here in the North end of the County uh, with FAU and Max Blanc and, you know, scripts and all that. We've, we've had successful programs. The FPNL has been a good partner oh, like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And then I just get nervous when our teachers go spend the summer that they don't get recruited away from us, <laughs> but they've been pretty good yeah. about, yeah. So our teachers get kind of the latest and grace and bring them, bring back that to the classroom. So let's talk about working with the school board. So, you know, I, I answer to a board. I, I work with a, with a board of directors as well. I've got a board of 30 people, an executive committee of nine. So, you know, I, I, we've all seen these videos on TV. I mean, you, you've got some tough meetings sometimes, right? And not just because of the board, but because of a lot of things that are going on in the community. So what's it like working with the board? And what are the advantages to having I, a, a, a very diverse group of school board members? 
the uh, I feel really fortunate to be in Palm Beach County. I've I've kind of kept tabs on other districts, particularly across the state of Florida, but then even somewhat across the country with the large urban school districts. And we're really lucky in Palm Beach County because we have seven elected board members. You know, they represent geographic regions, but they all, at the end of the day, are totally committed to what's best for students. Oh, I agree. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, hey, we may not always agree on every single issue, but when you start boiling it down to what's best for kids, most times, you know, nine times out of 10, we're going to find common ground. And our school board members um, have been incredibly supportive for me. You know, it's it's tough to be superintendent, but it's really tough if, say, you're riding a board that's, you know, f- a 4-3 split or, you know, 50-60-40. Oh, yeah. um, I feel truly supported by all seven board members, and I think communication's the key. You know, nobody likes to be surprised, so I try to work hard to communicate, and then in turn, they're really open and transparent with me about what they feel is important, what they want to, you know, what direction they want to see the school district moving forward. So. I think we're really lucky here in Palm Beach County and it's allowed us some of the noise that's been in our board meeting was really brought in more from the outside. And it's usually, you got to remember, I mean, this is what makes me feel better about things. There, there could be a few people that come into a board meeting and, and, you know, tell us that we're horrible or awful. And then, you know, I think, well, we do have about 1.5 million people in this County and I don't, I'm hoping there's a silent majority out there that's more supportive <laughs> than some of the, uh, well, I, I'll tell you right now, I am so proud of our public schools. I mean, my kids went to public schools. Um, they are both doing great. My my new fiance's kids are going to public schools. All right. Um, you know, it, it, we're proud of our schools. I mean, we really, really are. And that's why I think our chamber is so invested in it because we want to keep it that way. Right. Absolutely. And we want to do as much as we can to help support, um, support you and, and, and the team. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate that. Um, what's really been helpful is the support we've seen from our Palm Beach County voters. You know, uh, Florida is not the best funded state in terms of education. We're, we're kind of lean. We're mm-hmm. currently at uh, 44th in the country, which is actually better than we were a few few years ago. We were at 46th in the country. Um, you know, and 44th in the country is not good enough for Palm Beach County. We, I think we value education. We expect more of our schools. And so on every opportunity like where we've gone to the voters to supplement our revenue, they've supported it. So that that's made a big difference, helps us pay our teachers better and uh, provide a lot of programs that are important to provide that you know, kind of full education. Great. So last question, all right. You and I can be here all day talking about this because, yep. but I know you got a lot of places to be and, and, <laughs> and people to talk time. to. It is a busy time <laughs> for you. So what is the single most important thing that you want the community to know about our schools? The, I, I guess the most important message that I would like families to know and parents, particularly our, our parents of students is I want to really encourage them to kind of get involved with their school, to get engaged, whether it's through the PTO or PTA or, you know, volunteering or just, just checking in with their kids, teachers and school administrators. Uh, we have a lot to offer. And, you know, even when I look at my own school experience, I probably could have gotten more out of it. You know, I was, I was a pretty good student, but you know, I wish I had maybe, you know, played more sports or gotten involved in more clubs and things. And I think that's, what's really, I hope to promote more is that we, we encourage our students to go beyond just the academics and find something that they really enjoy, you know, whether it's playing an instrument or, you know, on a team or club uh, or a career path, you know, one of our career technical programs, if kids find something that really inspires them, gets them excited about their education, where they can see that path forward, 
I think they become much better students and kind of self-motivated. So that's, I guess that's my number one uh, battle cry this year is, you know, families get involved, you know, and really kind of search through what's available and try to encourage your students to, to get involved in our campus, you know, and stick around after school, the school bell rings maybe for a club or sport or something like that. Sounds good. Well, Mike, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Oh, my as, pleasure. As I told you, we are so proud of our schools. Keep up the great work. I mean, again, very, very proud of you and your team and everything that you're doing. And we're so fortunate to have you leading us here. Oh, um, thank you, Noel. Good luck this year. Yeah, it's going to be a great year. On. It is going to be a great year. And they go fast, but I am really enjoying this role. And uh, there's no better feeling than watching our kids graduate and cross the stage in May. Some, and this school year will go quick like it they flies, all do. It flies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Mike, right. thank you so much, man. My pleasure. It. Thank you.